Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one know each other under Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello and welcome to Broken but Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by one half of the wild cards, Royce Isaacs. I didn't see Royce. What's up, man? Just chilling, enjoying my social distancing and uh, doing my thing, doing like a million workouts a day, watching all the Netflix, trying to stay sane, all that good stuff. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very well, too. Yeah, surviving lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been, no TFA review. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's been fun trying to work from home with a four year old and a 14 year old <laughs> trying to keep them entertained whilst still trying to do work and having because my girlfriend works in a school so she still has to go to work so trying to entertain two kids at different ends of the age range whilst trying to keep on top of her job as well has been interesting to say the least <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like yeah. it wasn't for the coronavirus stuff that'd be like a plot to a movie or something like that <laughs> Yeah, I'm all I'm all Disney out and Pixar out. I've just watched so much the last couple of days. Just like, I just want, yeah, I just want to watch some Walking Dead. I want to watch some <laughs> what's it, <laughs> the War of the Worlds. That new series has come out. That's what I want. Yeah, some adult to it or something. Yeah, something adult. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to first, firstly, yeah, congratulations on the success of NWA Power. It's have you have you been surprised by the response the show's got so quickly? Oh, yeah, no, it's been great, man. I, uh, I'm i super glad to be a part of the crew. It's a really, really good crew. It's one of like the best just locker rooms I've ever been a part of where you know everyone is good people and gets along, and there's just a lot of talent there. I, I can't yeah. say enough about the talent and, and different kinds of talent that can provide different types of entertainment. I think that's one of the things that's kind of shown through with our show. Yeah, I had a, I've had a, a listener's question from the official NWA officials fan group, and is it Adam Hazel has asked him? He wants to ask about the unique thing about what's unique about uh, studio, studio wrestling, and do you wish you had P music? <laughs> um, all right, I'll take that take that one at a time. I I think the studio wrestling um, one thing is it's just very unique uh, comparatively to a lot of other products right now. I think yes. the cool thing is we've been very lucky to have a really like active and invested fan base. And it's like this intimate setting where the fans are almost, you know, like they're involved, but not in like a, they're not trying to get themselves over or do something for themselves. It's not like they're throwing beach volleyballs around or doing chants just to do chants. Like when you're a good guy and you're getting cheered or if you're a bad guy and you're getting heckled, it's like they're really invested in a storyline and they're usually heckling you with specific stuff related to like, you're like, oh, they were, you guys have really been paying attention to what's going on. Like you guys are into this. And so it's like, yes, a, this whole symbiotic relationship where everything grows uh, uh, with itself. And uh, I think it's important. Uh, one of the underrated aspects is 
when you watch something, it does matter how the crowd reacts, even in terms of, uh, I guess, like the normal sporting world. Like if you're watching, um, you know, a baseball game or, uh, you know, basketball or soccer slash football, whatever you want to call it. Like the when the crowd roars and reacts, like when you're at home and you're invested into it, you also respond based on the the crowd that's actually watching it live and whatnot. Like it's it's all part it's all related. And so sometimes I do feel like like there's shows that I've been on and shows that I've seen where maybe the crowd isn't quite as involved and isn't quite as loud. And it and the show itself does suffer for it in, yes, in certain it ways. Yeah. So it's like I think it's really for us it's been a really positive thing. Um and like I said, I do like that it's unique and that it's different. Uh, than what a lot of other people are are doing. Um, as far as the the theme music part of it all goes, at first I was a little bit uh, unsure, and I was, you know, I, I I like theme music. I always thought that, that was a cool thing. It's one of the things, like my my music that I used when I was on the indies was a rap song by this underground rapper in Philadelphia that I really liked, and so it was like this, like it always had been a goal since I was a kid to be like, oh, I want to have custom music for myself so like that was like a cool thing and i thought i was gonna really miss it that i would have this song about myself playing and whatever but uh once i mean by the by the first time i actually did a match for the nwa and then especially once i saw the footage of it back you realize especially in a setting like we have you really don't need the theme music like we still get it for the big shows for the pay-per-views we'll do special entrances and we'll do theme music and that helps it even make the pay-per-views feel like a bigger deal and more special and more interesting. But when we're doing the show, it's only an hour. You don't want to waste, you know, three to four minutes of 60 minutes on just watching someone walk to the ring and talk shit to the fans or whatever else. Like, it's kind of nice to just get to, like, we'll do a, it's like a match and the whole thing with the full match will be 10 minutes, but you're not feeling like, like sometimes if it's like a 10 minute segment on another program, you might feel a little gypped, like, wow, they really had to rush through that because three minutes of entrance and then one minute exit and this, that, whatever. And you're only getting a five, six minute match out of this. But like this, if you get a six minute match or a 10 minute match or a 15 minute match, it's actually six or 10 or 15 minutes of just wrestling. Cause you just walk to the ring, you get in the ring, quick announcement, ding, ding, ding. And you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely so different to what's been the norm for the last, 20 25 years because you just come out usually do a bit of a chat with dave and then get in the ring your opponents come out so you have a great match <laughs> so and, you, and having the note the music you purely get the reaction from the crowd so you initially know who's the good guys who's the bad guys and it's just yeah i love that i've loved it it's on my nwa and mlw on my must watch every week so it's, they're, both, they're both on Tuesdays here, so it's, I just have my Tuesday night set. <laughs> there you go, man. So no, gr- growing up, watching the likes of the Rock and Roll Express, like Tim Stone, Trevor Murdoch, Molina, Scott Steiner, it must be an amazing experience working with them. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I've i been very, very lucky and very blessed. I'm actually, I'm, so I'm sitting in my room right now, and I can look, from where I'm sitting, there's a Scott Steiner poster on my wall because he's one of my like idols and heroes in wrestling. Oh wow! And so, like to me, that was like, like a dream kind of match setup when he was uh, part of Strictly Business for an episode, and we got mm. to tag. Like 
for me, like I, everyone always kind of focuses on the dream match of like wrestling someone else, but the Steiner brothers are my favorite tag team of all time. And Scott's one of, if not my favorite wrestlers of all time. So to tag with him was almost more of a dream match because it's like, oh yeah, like I'm on the team with the guy in my favorite tag team ever. Like that was really, really cool to me. Um, if you look at my Twitter, uh, like my twin, my pinned, pinned tweet is literally Steiner cutting a classic Steiner promo and you can yeah. just see background marking out to it. And it's like, being able to live that was really cool. Or um, in the case of like someone like the Rock and Roll Express, obviously getting to wrestle them quite a bit. Um, that's kind of the on-the-job training you can't, you couldn't pay for, or you couldn't ask for anywhere else. It's like that's invaluable experience. And and not only that, I actually got interested in wrestling and into wrestling as a kid, watching it with my dad. So to have, yes. uh, you know, like me and my dad watched rock and roll express matches as a kid. And my dad actually lives nearby Atlanta. So he's come to every taping. So to have him at the tapings, uh, watching me wrestle a team that he used to watch wrestle with me as a kid is this weird full circle thing. That's really, I mean, like that's a classic experience. That's something that you, you know, you could never even really dream of happening. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a, a pretty crazy dream come true. I think, the NWA really has a good mixture of both amazing legends from the past and brand new up and coming talent. Uh, that's the future of wrestling. And that's been a really cool thing about our show. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed Ziggy's Ice and Ricky Sparks. And, and I loved how they've reinvented Aaron Stevens because he, he's just not how he yeah. has been on it. It's not how he was in impact. It's not how he was in WWE. He's just like, brand new character and it's just oh, I love the karate thing he's going to and I love how they've reinvented Joe Cephas into the question mark and, oh, yeah it's, it's brilliant yeah. question mark's my favourite thing <laughs> so they, have, they have some really great characters so who uh, apart from Steiner who else were your favourite wrestlers growing up so. oh I mean of course Stone Cold and The Rock um, yeah. you know freaking um Booker T was an, another great one. DDP, of course. Um, Mankind, Kane, The Undertaker. I, I mean, the I'm 31, so when I was growing up, it's honestly hard to find anyone on the card on WWF at the time that I wasn't like at least intrigued by or interested by. I feel like yes. they did a really good job. Or even with people who were maybe on the mid card or whatever, they were still given enough interesting stories and whatnot that you were like into it and you were intrigued and you were like oh okay cool like this is a guy that i should really care about um that's why you have some of the most memorable like you know kyan's high is a really memorable stable and they were always you know very deeply in the mid card and you know it's not it's not like they had heavyweight title runs but i remember them or someone like a val venus or you know like i loved ken shamrock i loved um steve blackman and stuff like that it's like you had yeah, definitely you know, like you cared about everyone that was on the, I think Goldust was really ahead of his time and now he's still doing it, which is crazy. The the advanced uh, uh, level that he's still at, able to perform at. And, uh, and I mean, that even goes before the Attitude Era when he was just Dustin Runnels and whatnot, you know, like, or uh, Dustin Rhodes rather. Um, he's, he's a guy that like has just been at such a high, high level for so long. Um, but, but yeah, man, the, the Attitude Era was special. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately, I 
I stopped watching wrestling around the Attitude Era for a couple of years, so I've had to go back and watch it retroactively. But... Yeah. So, uh, what prompted you to don the tights and get into the ring? So... <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I, I did. I, I was a, always in, involved in sports. Um, I was an amateur wrestler and I was a football player through college. And then I was out in the real world. I was working, you know, normal jobs and whatnot. And I kind of just like, I was successful in my jobs. I did well with them. There was something missing. Like I wasn't filled by them. I wasn't, for whatever reason, there just wasn't something that I didn't, I didn't feel connected or fulfilled in life. And uh, I, I always had wrestling somewhere in the back of my mind, like maybe it would be a, a good fit or something that I'd, I'd like to do. I, I thought the athleticism of it, obviously, because I missed being an athlete, but also the show of it itself was something that I, I thought I could do and that connected with me. And then um, I went to a show in Denver, Colorado, an indie show. At the time, I'd been living in Denver. And uh, it's called Lucha Libre and Laughs, and it still actually runs shows in Denver. They do uh, like half wrestling and then half stand-up comedy. And it's a really good, fun variety show. That's I remember awesome. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's like a really good date night. It's like a good introductory kind of show, too. If, like, it's, if you're with someone that maybe isn't uh, super into wrestling, they'll still enjoy the show because there's so much to, to like about it. Um, yeah, but I, have, I didn't... We have one called Retro Wave Wrestling. It's very similar. They, they, have, they have, like, a house band on. They have comedians and a burlesque dancer in between matches and stuff it's quite yeah no exactly that's that's great when you get that variety show style mm. entertainment um but I, I went and i talked to the promoter afterwards his name is nicholas gosser and uh he told me where to train so I, I i started training the next week at this place called the butcher shop uh which it still runs it's in denver colorado but uh the the guy that trained me is not a trainer anymore his name is lonnie valdez and so i started training I mean, like the week after that, that, and it'll be in April. It'll have been six years ago. So 2014 is when I start. April 2014 is when I started wrestling. Yeah, um, I started training wrestling. Excuse me, and um, I just I just dove right in. It was one of those things where I was going through a tough breakup at the time, and my trainer was going through a tough divorce. So like they offered three classes a week. Yeah. But like both of us just kind of wanted to escape from it, so I would always text Lonnie and be like, "Hey man, do you want to just go train? Like, would you rather do that?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So I was lucky enough to get free one-on-one sessions, you know, two or three days a week, in addition to the, the classes he was running. And Lonnie's a really, really balanced uh, uh, trainer. Like he had really good fundamentals, and he was very open to like, "This is my style, but if something else works, like let's figure it out and get you trained." And so I. I feel like even though I didn't get involved in wrestling uh, until I was 25, that I kind of got this almost like crash course, like this intensive, like six days a week, a bunch of one-on-one sessions. Let's keep up to speed uh, kind of course in wrestling. Cool. So what's the a wrestler you wanted to kind of mold your style around when you started? Because you mentioned you're an amateur wrestler. But was the... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I always think that obviously someone like Steiner is someone that was a big influence on me. Uh, someone like Taz, obviously, with his uh, background and, and stuff that he does. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how much of him I've been able to, to take for myself, but I would say I, I'm a really huge fan of Dolph Ziggler, and I try to Ooh. take little things from his selling and his bumping. 
Um, yeah, even his, his is at another level, I would say, uh, than pretty much anyone else. But uh, you know, I, I I tried to kind of take little pieces here and there from a bunch of different people, like you know, someone like a Rick Rude or a Mister Perfect. But like, if you if you take enough little pieces from a bunch of people, you end up with a whole new kind of dish. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Yeah, understandably. <laughs> Uh, so take us back to your first match. What do you remember about it in hindsight? What's your opinion on it now? <laughs> oh, man. Um, my first match, I want to say, is still somewhere on YouTube. <laughs> and there's footage of the finish to it mm. from and on my Instagram somewhere. Man, it was so fun. It was amazing. and I loved it. But I'm, it was awful. Like, it wasn't a good match. I, I was in a four-on-four match, my first match, which is, which is already more complicated and more crazy than just doing you know a one-on-one match and having not that much to worry about and so it was me and three other guys that it was also their debut so it was like four on the same team we were the upgrade uh we were like a a cool heel stable brother (laughs) (laughs) it was uh i mean the match itself i'm not great uh it was pretty awful but the finish was freaking sweet we did uh I picked this guy up in a power bomb, and this guy Darshan had uh, this like ridiculous vertical leap. So he just hit off the ropes and jumped super fucking high and did this sweet lariat. Like it, it was like, oh, this is the finish. Like we freaking killed this guy. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> it was dope, but um, crazy. Um, I I think interesting kind of macabre side story to that. Um, so Darshan was. Obviously, in the stable with us, he debuted. He was really talented. Uh, I was at one point really close with the guy. And then maybe he was only in wrestling for like a half a year or so after that. And he just he had some some mental health issues and some family issues. And he kind of fell off with it. And I, I had heard he hadn't been living the best life and whatnot. But I hadn't really stayed in touch with him that well. And then... Like within a few months, like it was this year. So a few months ago, I found out uh, they they arrested him because he like murdered his sister and oh, left wow. her in dumpster or something like that. So like, I mean, he's gonna be in jail for the rest of his life. It's crazy, but it's like weird to think that that's a guy that I broke into the business with and like yeah. literally broke bread with. Like I remember that year, uh, the first time he ever celebrated his like this gives you a view into his family life. The first time he celebrated his birthday was with me and another uh, member of the upgrades. We took him out to Red Lobster and like got him dinner. And he was like, "Oh, this is like the only time anyone's ever done something special for me for my birthday." Oh, so like, wow. obviously, he came from a really, you know, shitty, messed up background. And I mean, uh, obviously, he's also very, you know, he has some something wrong with him to to do something like that to his own family and whatnot. But you know, it, it's just a sad situation all around. But it is interesting and unique so i i don't know i i think it's something interesting for a podcast that tells a story you know? yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a very sad story so. oh. i was gonna ask you next if you had any weird gimmicks you've been asked to work over the years but <laughs> yeah sure no actually we can totally get into that we'll get get a little more lighthearted uh, yeah. after the movie and the mayhem um so <laughs> I think the weirdest gimmick I've ever worked, um, I did three tours with DDP 
DDT Pro Wrestling in Japan. Yeah. And it was amazing. I can't say enough about how much fun it was. Um, I remember on my second tour, like right before or maybe after my first little uh, uh, show on this tour, I got a text from uh, Guan Chulo, who was like the liaison. Uh, he's, a, he's a wrestler from Chile. I believe he lives in Chile right now. But he was kind of like the American liaison uh, for us Gaijin. And he texts me and he goes, uh, Dino, Dan Shoku Dino, uh, Dino wants to know if you could practice this or do this. And he sends me a video. And it's a video of a guy, uh, and he puts a bunch of chopsticks into his, like, his thong and pulls his thong tight and breaks the chopsticks with his ass. And I, go, <laughs> I have a big butt. And I go, well, I don't know. I've never tried it, but I'm pretty sure I can. Tell him I think I can do it. I'm going to go get some chopsticks right now. Tried it. It worked. Hey, man, yeah, I can do it. So <laughs> what was happening yeah. was I, on, the, on this tour and then the next tour of Japan, I had what was called the Miracle Ass, where basically it was almost like the reverse Joey Ryan gimmick where I would like grab someone's arm, pull it in the back of my trunks, and then I would squeeze and they would break their arm. So we would do this whole... <laughs> Yeah, we would do this whole like deal where at the beginning of the of the before the match, Dino would come out, he would cut a promo, he would say, Hey, like this guy Royce, he's got the miracle ass. If you don't believe me, just watch this. Pulls out chopsticks. I put the chopsticks in, I break them. Like I would have to break them every time. Like this was a real thing that I had to be able to do. And then like someone would be like, Oh, that's not real. You can't do that. And then Dino would attack them, pull them over, I'd break their arm, and then someone would come out and wrestle us and the whole match would you know be revolving around me trying to break these guys arms or whatever with my ass um and i don't think that i'll ever be able to top that in terms of weird gimmicks that i did um, <laughs> that sounds amazing but yeah it was it was a blast man dino is one of the most underrated minds i think in wrestling in terms of he takes wrestling tropes and kind of turns them on their heads and he's really creative and interesting and when you think of like someone really being like creative and an artist at wrestling like he embodies that to the fullest uh and i really enjoyed being able to team with him in japan because he's uh he's i don't know he's he's a great mind of wrestling and he's he's really good at what he does so did you win the iron man heavy metal weight championship while you're in ddt i did um and that's actually a really good lead-in because how that happened was uh, if people aren't familiar with the DDT Ironman Heavy Metal Weight Championship, it's, it's a one really of my favorite shot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe the coolest championship in wrestling in terms of it's defended 24 hours a day. It's very it's it's like the 24 seven championship, but like way more hardcore, honestly. Yeah. Um, in terms of like uh, everyone from like Scott Hall, Joey Ryan, Candice LeRae, uh, all the way to like inanimate objects, little girls. Like all these crazy things have happened to I it. Think a monkey, a monkey's won it. A dog's won yeah, it. Yeah, monkey's won it. All this stuff. Like it just like it's. A ladder's it's, won it. Yeah, it's the craziest championship in wrestling because it can be any time of day, any circumstances. It can be won. So how I won it was um, the person that was holding the championship. She was running around. This is a backstage segment, mm. and it was a, a show at Karakuen Hall. And she was running around backstage from all these people chasing her, trying to get her championship. 
and she runs into a room uh, to hide out and grabs a snack. She's eating the snack, eating the snack, eating the snack. She's so tired because she hasn't slept in days because, you know, she's been trying to run away from people who've been trying to steal this championship, and she ends up passing out. Well, she was eating a snack when she passed out, so the chopsticks were on her chest. A referee walks by, sees that, counts one, two, three, chopsticks win the championship, raises the <laughs> and then boom, I come into camera, I grab the chopsticks, everyone realizes, oh, that's the guy that breaks chopsticks with his ass. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only person to win the championship by murder because I broke the chopsticks. <laughs> I became champion, and then it was really a cool honor because I got to come out at a Karakuen Hall show yeah. as the Iron Heavy Metal Weight Champion. <laughs> so big. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was definitely a memory that I always uh, kind of hold near and dear to myself. What's up, y'all? This is the one and only Chocolate Thunder Willie Mac, and you're listening to Broke. Glorious. Yeah. Uh, so if we bring it to the current day, you're currently in a tag team with Tom Latimer, the wild card. So where did you meet Tom? So I actually met Tom at the Crockett Cup 2019. So I guess it'd be like about a year ago. So the first um, time you ever met him was the first time you teamed together. Yeah, we, we had oh. talked a little bit and whatnot, but it was like we kind of just gotten... It was one of those things where it was like ragtag and and thrown together and whatnot, but it just immediately we hit it off and it kind of worked. And we were just like, yeah, we're on the same vibe. We both just like we're very different people, me and Tom, in terms of like like I like rap. He likes like heavy death metal craziness. Yeah. And like, but like at the same time, like our attitudes and like what we want to accomplish and our, our kind of our plans, like we we just we line up. And uh, Tommy's one of my my dearest friends now. And he's a great guy, uh, um, and he's someone that I I'm lucky enough because, like I said, I'm, it'll be six years in the business for me next year, and he's had over a decade deep. So it's like I get to you know kind of learn from him, and he's he's a guy that's been signed to all these different companies that kind of knows the ins and outs of it, and has kind of kept me sane through everything, and kept me you know my head on the right uh, the right path and the, uh, swivel so that I know what I'm doing and and where I need to you know, kind of go with things and what attitude I need to have and whatnot. So I'm really, really lucky to have a guy like Tom as my tag partner, both in the ring and out, outside of the ring. Yeah, I, I've, seen, I've seen him live once. He, he was yeah. at the, It wasn't long after he left Impact. It was a tiny little independent show in the UK. It was about 30 people there, but he seemed like the nicest guy ever in the meeting, greeting my son. But I, just, I, I told my son it was an Impact show because... I need to believe me. So because <laughs> Bram was on it, it was like okay. <laughs> but yeah, so so all is the wild card like NWA exclusive team, or do you take it around the Indies as well? Uh, I mean, obviously we are an NWA team. We're both uh, signed to NWA contracts, but we actually yeah. uh, can do Indies. We just have uh, because of our contract says it has to be booked through the NWA, but. We're open for dates. We definitely want to get more dates and take this thing on the road more because I think it's one of those things that the more time and the more practice we get together, the better it's going to be. Um, obviously, things are at a standstill right now with uh, the coronavirus and whatnot. But yeah. like, as soon as that is over, I'd really like to go and do some, some cool stuff with Tommy because I think we can really – the more we work together, the better it's just going to be. And I think we've shown our growth throughout the show and whatnot. So. With Tom being British, have you ever discussed doing, maybe doing a British tour together? Uh, it definitely, it was something that we were talking about kind of right before 
all this madness started and whatnot. Oh. But I would really, I would really like to do that. I think that'd be a really cool thing for me. I've done Japan, I've done Mexico, but I've never done the UK, and I'd really like to do the UK. That's definitely on the bucket list. So hopefully, uh, sooner than later, that's able to be accomplished. That that'd be really, uh, I think that that'd be a really good experience for both of us. Yeah, definitely try and work at one of my local promotions, either TNT, Extreme Wrestling, or Wrestle Island. So I'll be able to get to see you. <laughs> so you're also a member of Strictly Business. So tell us about the formation of that group. It was one of those things that only made sense. Uh, like, you know, Tom Tom's Nick's best friend, and a lot yeah. of people didn't realize that until after, uh, you know, uh, the the group was formed but behind the scene that's always you know been a thing and kaylee and tom are together obviously but kaylee also had been uh you know obviously working with nick yeah and then me and nick actually had a one-on-one match and at championship wrestling from hollywood uh a little while back and it's one of those things where obviously it was competitive back and forth match but that kind of makes you grow that mutual respect for each other um, and then obviously, you know, the opportunity to, to kind of come under the wing of the world heavyweight champion is, you know, that's too, too attractive of an offer to pass up. So yeah, it's one of those things that it didn't like, I think a lot of people were surprised by it, but once you really get into the, the meat of it, you realize, oh, it makes total sense, especially because we're for the originals that were already with the NWA before power even started up as a thing. So I think of it kind of almost like we're the old money uh of the the new nwa and it's you know it's great that there's all these new talents and new people in place that are making their own uh name for themselves and their own impact but at the same time it's like you better recognize that we're not just some squatters that just came here like we've been here you know i mean like we are what the the new brand of the nwa is all about so that is strictly business and that's what business is about So heel factions seem to have gone out of fashion for a couple of years, but in recent years, you've got like Strictly Business and NWA, you've got Contra Unit, Dynasty, and MLW, got the Inner Circle, Dark Order, and AEW, and whatever Seth Rollins groups called in WWE. So why do you think like heel factions in particular have come back with such a force the last couple of years? Man, well, uh, I think, personally... I don't think they should ever really go away. Like you always need some form of, you know, bad guys that are, you know, together. And I I mean, I I've always liked factions of badass bad guys. I think that it's a good idea. I think that, you know, if you if we are to peel back the curtain, if we are going to have this hero overcome, it makes sense for the odds to be stacked against them and the cards, you know, to be definitely. You know what I mean? Like it, uh-huh. As much as, you know, like a thing like a two-man power trip is really fun and great, it's not really a long-term thing that can last because if you just have – if everyone is is this awesome good guy and there's no big group of bad guys to oppose him, it's not really that dramatic. And wrestling is, you know, drama and it's theater and it's like you want to see that extreme – oh, man, I don't know how they're going to come out of this one, okay? And there's not really that drama if it's just, like, everyone's Hulk Hogan, they're all teamed up, and they're all invincible. There's not a lot of, you know, excitement to that. No. You have to have, especially the bigger the baby face and the better the baby face and the more powerful the baby face, you need even more bad guys 
uh, to team up to kind of throw at him. You know what I mean? Like you need that, you know, Lex Luthor and, you know, uh, the Legion of Doom, not, not the wrestling team, but the, you know, yeah. <laughs> bad guys, you know, you need, need all these people to team up uh, in order to kind of make it interesting. So I, I think that you kind of always need some form of, like, I think that WWE got away from it for a long time, but they also still had, kind of the family of the McMahons that were also, you know, bad guys and a, a faction that was really powerful to kind of take, you know, I mean, it wasn't like yeah. active wrestlers that were a faction, but it was the actual family itself. And it's smart. And I get that because in some ways you've got, you're going to need, you know, a strong, bad presence. And as much as we all want to see the good guy win in the end, there's not a lot of, excitement or drama for the good guy always winning or always looking good um you know like it's all the like the the baby face is generally in a form of like like should be chasing the gold because once you have the gold it's like okay cool you're a dog that caught up to the ice cream truck what are you actually going to be able to do now you know what i mean it's yeah there's less excitement there interest so i don't know i'm all about the hill faction man yeah, it's one of my favourite storylines when I was a kid. It was Big Boss Man to beat all the Heenan family to get his hands on Mr. Perfect. That was a great, great storyline going. And it lasted for ages because there were so many members of the Heenan family you had to go through. So. Right, so to finish, I have asked the NWA official fan, official Facebook fan group for some questions. So, um, Danny Strickland says, um, if you could compete against any former world champion, who would you pick? Um, uh, specifically NWA world champion. I, I said, oh, well, of course, it's from the NWA page. Um, let's see. Maybe, uh, maybe someone like uh, Dory Funk. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean... One, because he, gosh, he was wrestling until not even that long ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just like kind of that legacy and that history that he had, uh, you know, he, he has this kind of like mystique around him. And obviously he was an amazing, amazing technician. So to, to kind of, I guess, be able to wrestle, just, I think to me, at least the dream match would be him, you know, if he could be in his younger state, but at a current time to see that kind of technique and athleticism in a current wrestling format would be really interesting to see you know and yeah. i'd be interested like like obviously he would have some of his same uh, uh move set and the stuff that he already does but i'd also like to see a little bit of what he would do you know seeing the stuff that people are doing now how he would kind of update as well and and keep you know keep keep up with like how a 2020 wrestler is like i to me that's interesting because he was so good and so athletic, um, like I, I think being able to view him through a current, you know, lens would be really cool. Like that, that to me, that's like more unique and interesting than than anyone else. I guess that's why I, I would pick someone like that. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's somebody I need to watch more of. I've seen a lot of Dory Funk, but, but what I've seen, he's very impressive. So, um, George Lacey's ask: Is there a long-term plan to recapture the initial hostile brutality that defined the wild cards in the NWA? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, for us, I know me and Tom were really zoned in and locked in for Crockett Cup, and you know, it, it's like that was the tag event, and we are the tag team, so it sucked to have that kind of taken away from us. 
it is what it is, but I, I want to definitely, you know, get back to that. I think that being with Nick and uh, with Camille has, you know, kind of helped us get back to our roots a little bit. Uh, and I hope we get to show that off a little more whenever things get back to normal and we get back to tagging. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Daniel Keaton says he, he hasn't got a question. He just wants to hope you and your loved ones are doing well. So, <laughs> What's his name? Daniel? Daniel Keaton? Daniel, Daniel Keaton? Daniel Keaton. Well, hey, Daniel, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully you're uh, you're listening, and hopefully you're well too, man. I, I appreciate the love, man. Uh, George, no, Matt George says, who from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Foster would you like in the NWA? Um, I think that... Andy Brown is really underrated. He's an amazing worker. He's really, really good. I think that Eric Watts is an amazing heavyweight, and I'm surprised that he's not somewhere already. Mm. And the last people that I'll mention, uh, the Wolf Zaddies are really, really good. That's Tito Escondido, Bad Dude Tito, and um, Che Cabrera. I think they're a really good team with a really good look, and I think that they have the kind of look and vibe that would work really well with the NWA. Yeah, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I, I think I watched two episodes of it, and then they just they just don't play it anymore over here. And it was there for, for ages, and I was like, oh, I'll start watching that. And I started watching it, and it's finished. That's a, that's a, that's a shame. Yeah. No, I know uh, they have. A, I, I think they have some episodes now on YouTube and whatnot. If you want to catch up on it, or yeah, I don't know if you. Uh, familiar at all with Ring of Honor, but me and uh, Bateman from Ring of Honor had a, a really fun uh, uh, bull rope match last year that uh, got pretty bloody. Like that kind of thing. It's, and it's on YouTube in its entirety as a separate clip. Right, cool. I'll check that one out. So, yeah, we'll do one more. So, Ross Little asks Apart from yourself, who has the most impressive stash in wrestling? Impressive stash in wrestling. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think Joey Ryan's someone that it would be hard to think of stashes in wrestling and not mention that. Um, Him and Rick Rude are the iconics, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of all time, Rick Rude. <laughs> Rick Rude is head and shoulders above everyone else of all time. Currently, Joey Ryan of all time, Rick Rude, for sure. Final answer. It's, uh, this is where I'd usually ask where can people see you in the near future. But um, so, what what plans have you got to keep yourself entertained and maybe your fans entertained during lockdown? Then? Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I think that uh, the NWA, as some, some people have been following, we've been releasing some of the old events and whatnot, and trying to uh, kind of uh, keep keep some kind of content coming. I know that I did like a workout video. I think that's going to be included in some kind of content of like what we've been up to. The yeah. Nick, Nick and uh, Eli Drake have both done uh, Q and A's and whatnot. So I'm sure that like me and Tom will do one at some point. Uh, there's going to we're going to be keeping on putting on co- out content, especially on Tuesdays, because we want to make sure that the fans are not starved for entertainment in this time, uh, especially when we all are you know sitting at home needing something to keep us us busy and occupied. Um, you know, uh, follow me on my Instagram and my Twitter. Both are at Royce Isaacs. 
So I'm going to obviously keep you keep posting and, and keeping, keep putting, putting stuff out there as well. Um, you know, if you, if you're all squared away and you, you want to support, uh, I have merch and all that, and you can DM me on either of those to, uh, to get that. I have shirts, eight by tens, all that stuff. But obviously first priority is take care of yourself. Make sure you and your family are safe and are taken care of and whatnot. And, uh, you know, hey, I just anyone that uh, took the time to listen to this and, uh, you know, hopefully you, you enjoyed it and got something out of it. I just really appreciate it, especially in these crazy wild times we're living through. Yeah, definitely. I'll put all the, uh, the links in the description below the interview. So you don't have a merch store. You just need to, they need to go through you to get T-shirts. No, yeah, I don't, I don't have a pro wrestling tease. I probably should by now, but it's just something that I haven't prioritized. And then <laughs> like right now, it's like I'm not going to try to sign up for one while I'm sure they're hurting and they're not able to do, you know, a, t- a ton of work and stuff right now. I'm not sure if they're still uh, have people in the, the factory or whatnot, whatnot, but you know, I'm, it's one of those things I'll definitely get up and running once we kind of are back to normal or whatnot, but I do have pictures of my merch on my page and all that. So you can take a look at it. And if you like it, hit me up. All right, cool. So I'll, again, I'll put all the links in the description below the interview. Um, thanks for the, fans who sent in questions and I've really enjoyed speaking today um, love to have you on again in the future and I hope everything goes well with the lockdown and you stay safe yeah brother, yeah, enjoy uh, your 25 Disney movies a day my man, I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time out to talk to me man, it was fun <laughs>